Hello and welcome to a Thursday episode of the State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Rapay, he's Chris Danziel, and it is finally that time of year. We've been talking about it, we've been waiting for the build-up, so much anticipation, and finally the NCAA tournament, the opening round, tips off today. And there are two things that I'm thinking about going into this opening weekend. It's one, what channel is True TV? Because this is probably the only time that channel is relevant. And two, why couldn't those nor'easters happen today? Or at least at some point this weekend. So I had an excuse to not go to work and just watch games all day on my couch. I proposed that idea to you last week. I was like, we had that one nor'easter last week where I was like, all right, this couldn't be next Thursday. Like, come on. And then we had kind of a mini one earlier this week. And I was kind of hoping that would go to Thursday, but alas, not meant to be. But hey, if you're a big enough sleuth, you can uh, just hit that boss button whenever someone's walking by and I think you'd be all right. I've never actually used the boss button feature. I've only heard what it does and I can't wait to try it out today. So if you're listening to this right when it comes out, you have a couple of hours to get your brackets finalized and done before it officially locks. And if you're like me, this is the worst time of the day because you're going to spend at least 50 more times changing it around, changing around a few picks, seeing how certain pieces fit elsewhere if you move them around. And if there's something I'm trying to tell myself and learn, I'm trying not to do it this year, but you just got to let it go. You just got to let it be. Don't listen. Don't watch any more analysis. Just shut it out. And once you've finalized that bracket or you think you have it ready, totally just log off ESPN, Yahoo, CBS Sports, whatever you're doing the bracket challenge on, and just let it ride. Don't change it. Don't change it last second. Usually every change that I've ever made last second, it just backfires in my face. So please, please don't do it. So today at 6.50 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Villanova Wildcats will take on 16-seeded Radford, who won the first four playing game by beating the LIU Brooklyn Blackbirds. For those of you who missed that game, I'm telling you right now, it was very anticlimactic and it was probably for the better. So, Chris, ESPN seems to pitch it every time. Tell me about the Radford Highlanders, and as ESPN always loves to do, by putting Villanova's picture to headline the article, is this the year a number 16 seed topples a number one? When it comes to the 16-1, I mean, it's got to happen eventually. It's just a sheer numbers game at this point. But, I mean, Penn seems to be the the hot pick if there were to be a 16 seed this year. But I, I just don't see any of them winning the one seeds are, are pretty damn good, obviously. That's why they're a one seed. So I will not be picking any 16 seeds in my bracket. Switching over to Radford, I didn't really watch much of Radford this year. I don't think any of us have. I saw a little bit of their of the title game, their conference title game against Liberty. That was actually a pretty good game. It came down to the wire, and I think, uh, I think Radford had a little bit of a mini comeback, and they were able to hit a game-winning shot at the end, buzzer beater for the championship there. And I watched about two minutes of that LIU broken game before I had to turn off because it was just that bad. But diving into their statistics a little bit, the go-to guy for Radford is Ed Pillay Jr., averaging 13.5 points, shooting about 48% from the field. He's going to be uh, pretty much <laughs> the only guy. He's one of two guys who averaged double digits in scoring this year, the other one being Carly Jones, averaging 11.8 points per game. As a team, Radford's not really that offensively minded. According to Kempom, they are 203rd in adjusted offense, not exactly the best, and that's mainly because they play a very slow tempo game. They're near the bottom, according to Kempom, 
very Virginia-esque in that regard. I mean, obviously the talent level isn't there to even be mentioned in the same breath as Virginia, but tempo-wise, they are right there. Defensively, Kempon has them at 133rd, and really that's all we can say about Radford because I just I just haven't watched that much Radford basketball this year. Like I said, the LIU Brooklyn game was was pretty bad to watch, and they did look pretty decent against Liberty, but it is the Big South, and they are the champions there, so I, I guess they are, do have some semblance of talent. But I expect Villanova the romp. Uh, they should romp, and any uh, and any other result would be a little uh, disappointing. Yeah, I knew absolutely nothing about Radford until I saw they had that sweet buzzer beater to win their conference championship over Liberty and go dancing after that. That game against the Blackbirds was so ugly. I didn't fully invest myself in Like, I had it in the background. It was definitely in the background, and I was peeking over a few times. But when I chose to watch, for like, minutes of it at a time, it was just not great basketball. I think Villanova should destroy them. Yeah, this is a team that will probably slow it down. As Catherine Ryan said on the last episode, they were like a mini Virginia. I don't think Villanova should have a hard time. They should win this one pretty comfortably. I'd say maybe like a at least 18-point win, possibly 20. I think Villanova should come out and just blaze right past Radford. I don't really think this is a game worth diving too hard into the numbers too. As Chris mentioned, there are like about two go-to guys to really keep an eye out for. But when the game is all said and done, we're probably not going to remember their names. So going into that next game, Villanova has a chance of taking on either Virginia Tech or Alabama. And as we've highlighted before, Alabama, you got Colin Sexton. He's that lottery pick. He's that dynamic athletic point guard. Very fun to watch. Made the game competitive in those three against five against, I think that was Minnesota earlier in the season. And then on the other hand, you have Virginia Tech, a team that's very balanced, very veteran, senior-laden team. They're not exactly the greatest because they're coming in at an eight seed. They do have some really nice wins, but they also do have some really bad losses. Which team do you think Villanova is going to get to see? And we went into them last time, but I guess, you know, a quick little refresher. What what do they both bring to the table? So, yeah, I mean, you basically mentioned that with Virginia Tech, they're a very experienced team with some good wins on the year. So expect them to give Villanova a, a, a game if they do play. I mean, obviously, I think Villanova will win that pretty easily, but I feel that Virginia Tech could keep up for, for a good majority of that game. They did it to Virginia. They beat Virginia on, on Virginia's home court. Pretty big win there, but as a typical eight seed, they do have their bad losses to their name. And they're, they're more of a balanced, they're a very balanced team. But then you look at Alabama and it's pretty much Colin Sexton and, and nobody else. It's just him and whatever he wants to do. And he's a damn good player. And that's why Alabama was able to brush off 19 wins in the regular season and were able to win that a big game in the tournament on a Colin Sexton buzzer beater to basically clinch at birth. I'd rather see Alabama just because I don't want to see a more balanced team. I think we, if Colin Sexton can go off for 30 and I think we'd, Villanova would still win pretty handedly. With regards to Virginia Tech, they are an ACC team. We know how we, the last time we faced an ACC team in the round of 32 didn't turn out all that great. Who was, uh, I believe they were in at the time as well. So I, I'd rather see Alabama. I'd like to see the whole Brunson versus Sexton matchup. I'd like to see how that is on a more entertainment standpoint. But regardless of who they play, I think they should take care of business. Yeah, with Virginia Tech, it definitely has a little more of a danger element to it. Like, I feel like the ceiling for an upset is a lot higher than it would be against Alabama, which is so much younger, not as experienced, does have the flashy talent in Colin Sexton and a few couple of guys like Dante Hall, who's shooting just over 70%, top three in the nation right now on the floor. Big man, 6'9". 
But other than that, there's not really that much of a danger element. I would definitely like to see Alabama more. But in all honesty, I am not scared of a round of 32 letdown. I don't think you are either. I think this is probably the first year in a while where we can actually breathe easy coming into this game. Yeah, for sure. And last year, it's it's kind of funny. Virginia Tech was also our, in the 8-9 matchup. They were up. They went up against Wisconsin and obviously couldn't get the job done. And I distinctly remember discussing with you last year that if Virginia Tech beat Wisconsin, I think we would have been fine and would have moved on to the Sweet 16. We were just so deathly afraid of Wisconsin. And then in 2015, trying to think back to that, I really wasn't that afraid of that 8-9 matchup. I think I was actually more afraid of LSU at the time. But once we, once NC State won, you started looking into it, you're like, oh, all right, maybe maybe it is a little scary. And then obviously that proved to be true so but yes this is finally we finally get a year where we can hopefully take a step back from the ledge with the round of 32 and stop the round of 32 jokes and hopefully we can uh, get to a sweet 16 in boston yeah and interestingly enough when we did lose to that acc team in 2015 that also happened to be in pittsburgh so hopefully this time around we can shake off that bad juju kind of right the ship a little bit yeah i hope so and then the last time villanova played in boston for regionals was 2009. They ended up going to the final four. So hopefully that'll bring some, uh, hopefully that's a good omen right there as well. But before we get to any of that, once again, the Wildcats will take on the Radford Highlanders tonight at 6.50 PM game is on TNT. If you can't make it to Pittsburgh, I'll be watching. I'm sure you might be able, will you be able to make it? No, you work kind of late sometimes. I will have to be listening to this game in the car. I'm actually uh, driving up to uh, Boston this weekend to uh, go some to eventually go skiing in Vermont. So I will be listening on the car ride up, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, I don't have to be stressing out while driving. Going to Boston a week earlier than needed. No, I know, I know. I, I kind of want to just stay for the week and and, and then uh, and then go to the games, hopefully. But alas, that it will not be the case. So before we dive into the women's side of the NCAA tournament, since our Lady Cats are participating in that, I just want to talk about a little experiment that I ran last night, and I will hopefully get to write about it this morning. So there hasn't been a college basketball video game since 2010, and the last one being EA Sports NCAA Basketball 2010. We haven't seen one since. I don't think we're going to see another college video game in a while. Thank you so much, Ed O'Bannon, for being a buzzkill, but that did not stop a large community of people over at Operation Sports to basically sacrifice their lives for the good of others and for the entertainment value of others. There have been people who have gone through all 351 teams. Well, it might not be 351 because they have. There were a couple teams that weren't D1 yet, but they went back, named every player, redid the ratings made it as accurate as possible, and they didn't just stop at the major conferences or the notable mid-majors or just get the major smaller teams. They got the swag. They got the big sky. The Summit League is well represented. Missouri Valley, everyone is represented in this roster update of sorts. And because of that, I was able to find my old copy, fired up the PS3, dusted off the cobwebs, Found the roster update for 2017-18, installed it onto my PS3 after like two minutes of work, loaded it in. One, I was very excited to see. I, obviously, the first things you got to do is definitely look at the ratings and see what people are doing and how they look. Villanova 
it's very nicely rated. I thought it was pretty accurate. So then, naturally, I was like, you know what? Let's plug in the opening round brackets, all 64 teams, because they didn't have the first four yet. So I just put in round of 64, went through every region, put in every seed, and then ran a simulation. The NCAA Basketball 10 simulation has Villanova going to the Final Four. We blow out Bradford. We blow out Bama. We beat, I forgot who it was in the Sweet 16. I think it was Wichita State. And then we beat Purdue in the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four, where we lose to Duke in overtime, unfortunately. And then the simulation has Virginia winning it all. How would you feel about that if that seemed to be the realistic case? You know, if that scenario were to play out, I wouldn't mind it, but the way it ends seems to be pretty devastating. I don't know if I would be able to take an overtime loss to uh, a team like Duke. That would be uh, very, very sad. Very sad. To see an all-ACC final would also be upsetting because ESPN would just acknowledge that as the lone basketball conference in in college basketball. So that would be uh, a little upsetting, but hey, you know, if as long as we're in the final four, that would be that would be a okay with me. Maybe just no overtime crushing defeat at the end. Uh, that would be, I, I would probably take that. Did it tell you who uh, most outstanding player was and all that stuff? They give you an all tournament team. They did not. I think I actually um, had to play through it, and I was not about to do that. Yeah, no, no, I don't. I don't, I don't really <laughs> want it. <laughs> you know, you sh- you should fill out a bracket according to the how it played out and see how it does on, compared to the rest of uh, the world. Yeah, I think I might do that for the View Hoops Bracket Challenge, which if you haven't joined already, you have about three hours to get top on it before it locks. I I am looking back at the notes, and the other Final Four team that Virginia would beat to win it all is UNC. So all ACC, (laughs) all ACC and the Big East. That's exactly what ESPN would love to see. Oh, yeah, and then with their uh, darlings, Duke, beating the lone non-ECC team that would uh that would really send them into a into a frenzy. Any uh, upsets? Any big upsets that uh, EA predict or no? I did notice that it had Miami beating Cincinnati in the Sweet 16, but nothing too crazy from what I know. I was looking for like something crazy like a a 10 seed going to the Sweet 16, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. And that's kind of how I had my bracket going too. Not not too many crazy upsets. There were certainly upsets where like if you count like a 3 over a 2 or like a 3 over a 1, but nothing crazy where it's like an underdog is going to the lead eight. Yeah, I found myself running into a similar problem too. Like I I went when I went through the bracket a couple my bracket a couple times. Every time I was coming up one, all one through four seeds in the Sweet 16. And it's really weird to think that because in a year that just seems so wide open, it seems that um, every, pretty much everyone is struggling to like really send a, an, an underdog through pretty much to Sweet 16, Elite Eight, whatever it may be, which is, which is really, really weird. You would think in a more open field, it would be easier to do that. As I look back at it a little bit closer, it does have Gonzaga beating Xavier, which is what I have in my personal bracket. And also Auburn taking down Kansas. So those are pretty noteworthy. Number one yeah. seed going down. They are. A little little bit more on the milder side of the on the upset scale. But yeah, no, those are pretty those are those are some big names going down. Yeah, nothing crazy like Penn to the Sweet Sixteen. George like George Mason back in the day. VCU, nothing crazy like that this time. But it was certainly fun. And honestly, I think I might just go back and replay it a little bit. With now that this game has a lot of a lot more value to it with the updated rosters. 
Yeah, that's for sure. What which one is it? Uh, NCAA ten. Yeah, NCAA ten for the PlayStation three and the Xbox three sixty. Gotcha. Which I know video games nowadays are crazy, but like back in the day, this must have been TV looking because I, it's great because I actually have Gus Johnson and Bill Raftery, and then they have Dick Vitale. Well, that's not that's not actually that great, but the fact that they have those guys <laughs> commentating, like they have Gus and Bill on ESPN doing it, which is crazy to think about seeing where they are now but it it does add a little nice flair to it is that the one with blake griffin on the cover and it opens up with you like on a blacktop just like shooting around yeah that's know. the one yeah that is the one okay yeah because that was the last one i had too i'm pretty sure i remember our senior year we tried to do a simulation of villanova providence where we'd watch it oh we did yeah that's right <laughs> it was not as enjoyable as we thought it'd be no <laughs> incorrectly <laughs> predict the winner but it was not I did not. I guess we thought that ten minute halves would have been like fun to watch. No, it was not. No, no, no. The, the computer. Uh, did you know? I think it was Lil Wayne, or I forgot what rapper, but they bet on Madden simulations. Wait, really? Oh my god, what? <laughs> what, what were they doing oh, that for? <laughs> apparently, it's just a thing they like to do. They just like to throw down thousands of dollars on AI beating AI and see who wins. They. Mm, I. Uh, you know what? That actually doesn't sound half bad to like swindle your friend into something i don't know like, you just want to like mess around with the sliders before beforehand you know just have like one team just juiced up and just play around with the rosters and then they have no idea and you just be like oh yeah sure let's let's just bet on a game that'd, that'd be nice yeah secretly make everyone 99s yeah why not <laughs> rig, rig it. it's house rules I would be content with Villanova final four though but yeah i don't know if i can deal with an overtime loss to a villainous team like Duke. No, you're right. I mean, if it was any any team really in the Final Four, it would be bad. But I, I think that Duke makes it uh, makes it worse. Kansas would be bad too because then you would have the whole narrative of you know getting revenge for 2016 and all that. And Michigan State, I mean, ESPN loves them too. So, and I don't like Izzo. Obviously, any loss would be bad, but the overtime into a, a bad, mean Duke team would be would not be good. I certainly can't wait to go home today. I will. That will definitely be you know. As soon as I get out of work, going straight, popping open a cold one and parking my butt on that couch until all the games are over, including the West Coast ones. But this is the best weekend in sports, in my opinion. And it's just so great. You just have games all the time. And then if there's a blowout, you just switch to the other game. Very rarely is there like a moment where it's like, oh, great. Now I have to sit here and watch 10 minutes of a blowout earlier. I have no game starting up, so you're bored. So as we transition away from the men's to the women's team, the Wildcats are in for the first time since 2013. They had a little Selection Sunday party over at the Tally Center. It was a good time. Finally, breaking the mold after spending the last few years in the WNIT. They had some pretty nice runs in the WNIT, but as anyone will tell you, nothing compares to being able to go to the big dance and just seeing your name there among the giant field you could be 16, 15, 1, 2, 7, 8. It seems like everyone just seems to enjoy to be able to be there. And the women's team is back in action. They are a 9 seed. And they will be taking on the 8-seeded South Dakota State Jackrabbits over there in South Bend, Indiana. So the Jackrabbits, they come in after winning the Summit League Championship. They beat rival and number one seed South Dakota to get there. They're 26-6 and six overall. And they have a pretty nice season, pretty solid team. Chris, 
what are you looking for in this matchup? What do you think are the keys? Who are some players to watch out for? And ultimately, how will Villanova do? Well, just from looking at the statistics, South Dakota is a damn good offensive team, averaging about 78 points per game. And on the defensive end, they're only giving up around 62. So they got a good, decent scoring margin right there. Key contributor for South Dakota, it's going to be Macy Miller. She's shooting over 50% from the floor on the year with shooting 46% from deep. An absolutely fantastic player, and that puts her at 18 points per game. Her companion, her fellow double-digit scoring companion, is Madison Goubert. She's averaging 14.8 points per game. More of a three-point shooter. She took 214 threes on the year, made 82 of them, good for about 38%. So not exactly the best clip there, but it's it's still pretty good. And from the floor, she's shooting at a total 43%. Something to look out for, a big key here is that South Dakota only giving up 31.5% of threes. Keep saying it, here, game in and game out. Villanova's going to have to shoot threes and make their threes to win their games. But South Dakota State seems to do pretty well along the perimeter, so that's something to look out for, obviously. But South Dakota State does play a good, good amount of offense, good amount of defense. They're a solid eight, eight seed, that's for sure. Do I expect Villanova to win? I don't know. It's a real, it's a real tough call. I say I'll give it to them. I, I think... They'll finally get that monkey off their back. First, looking for that first tournament win since 2004. But then, most likely, you'll run into the buzzsaw that is Notre Dame, and that would be pretty unfortunate. But, hey, at least you'll get a shot at one of the best teams in the nation if you do knock off South Dakota State. Yeah, it's interesting. When you think about how much Villanova had to fight in the Big East Conference this season, you look at the two other conference teams that made it. You had DePaul. They come in as a five seed. And then Marquette, who was just the titan of the conference for a while until they just got decimated in that championship game. They were only an eight seed. So when you look at this and we saw how we played against Marquette, it was not an easy game. This South Dakota state game definitely raises some red flags and some concerns, but there is one thing that should be favorable about Villanova. It's that whenever they go against three point shooting teams or perimeter dominant teams or where they have, like two featured sharpshooters like Miller and Gobert, they do a pretty good job of shutting them down or at least limiting one of them. Villanova's gotten this far with its defense. Defense will be so key. When it comes to shutting these two down, it's an imperative. They are so good. They're probably two of the best shooters in college basketball. They just happen to play in the middle of nowhere in South Dakota. It's not going to be easy, but I think Villanova should win this one by a hair. Defense is going to be integral. It doesn't matter who's on or who's not in terms of scoring. If they can't silence or quiet down or slow down Miller or Gobert, it's not going to look good for them, and it's going to be a tough game, especially when those two start cooking. Once they get hot, it can be a problem. But we've rarely seen opponents really just have that kind of day where it's – like they can't miss. It seems like Villanova does a pretty good job of frustrating their opponents, but defense would definitely be the most imperative thing for Friday night. Yeah, for sure. And in relation to that, we saw all year that Villanova had the propensity to really lock down the key the key contributors for most teams. So outside of Miller and Gobert, South Dakota State really doesn't have that much going for them. I mean, they have Maya Sellen, who's averaging – just under 10 points per game, but they don't really have that many secondary options the Jackrabbits do. So if they can at least stop one of them, they, they definitely have a good shot of pulling this one out. 
this game is pretty even as it gets. I do like Villanova in this one. I think they will finally get their first NCAA tournament win since 2004. But when it comes to most likely taking on Notre Dame in the second round at Indiana, I hate to say it, but I think that might be the end of the season for them. It's very hard to have the crazy upsets in women's basketball, and to especially when it's a Titan like Notre Dame, who's pretty much the second best team, I guess you could say, going in. It's not going to be easy, and it's not going to be pretty. But that Notre Dame game will definitely. I would love for to see them pull off the upset, but I just can't see it happening. Yeah, and I didn't even realize the game was going to be in Indiana, so that uh, just really makes everything just that much tougher for sure. But relating to, back to uh, the game against the Jackrabbits, 538 has their predictions out, and they were giving South Dakota State over 60% chance of beating Villanova. I was actually kind of shocked at that. I, I thought the matchup seemed pretty even on paper, but I guess the main statistics say that South Dakota is a, a heavy favorite. Yeah, I just, I just felt like, though, that the women's basketball team just seemed to always be discounted. Like, I don't know what it is, even when they were ranked or even when they were doing well to start off the season. And hopefully Villanova can prove them wrong and get that one NCAA tournament win as, like, a welcome back. And then who knows what happens next year. I think Villanova will win. I think they should shut down sharpshooters. It's tough forwards that really kill them or interior heavy teams like a Marquette that we've seen. But I think Villanova should take care of business on Friday. It'll be a close one. I think they win by maybe a basket or two. But when it comes to Notre Dame, that's going to need a miracle and a prayer. But just being back in the NCAA tournament, that's got to mean the world to them. Absolutely. And we were thinking going all the way back to October and we were previewing the team. We didn't even think they would be tournament bound. I mean, yeah, they had the possibility of getting to the tournament, but we didn't think they'd get in and if they did it would be by the skin of their teeth and now they're sitting as a ninth seed so basically they were comfortably in before the Big East tournament so it, it's, a, it's been a great season so far obviously you'd like to see it continue past one weekend of the NCAA tournament but don't know if it would be able to do it just because of that potential buzzsaw that is Notre Dame lurking for on Sunday assuming they get past South Dakota on Friday. Tip-off is scheduled for 6.30 on Friday night. So we'll be keeping an eye on how the Lady Cats do. Hopefully they can end that drought of not having an NCAA tournament win. And then who knows what happens from there. But we'll certainly be keeping an eye out for both teams this weekend. Yes, this is definitely the most celebrated first round in all sports. And I'm really looking forward to this year. Can't wait to watch the game or at least listen to some of the games tomorrow. Hopefully Friday, just watch them all day. And and then the weekend, hopefully we can have a stress-free Saturday with a round 32 victory. And then we can watch the games Sunday as well and continue it all throughout the rest of March and into early April. It, 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 hopefully it's a fun, fun tournament. We're keeping this one a little short this morning. So that's all the time we have for today. If you missed Tuesday's episode, definitely recommend checking it out. We really dove into the NCAA tournament and Villanova's prospects. Also, please check back at the website because we have a lot of content. It seems like we're pumping out so many things each, each day since Selection Sunday or just leading up to this postseason stuff. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. You do so through Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Podomatic. And please make sure you follow the website at View Hoops on Instagram and Twitter. 
And you can follow me, Eugene Repay, at Repay 5 And you can follow me, Chris Stanziel, at The Stance Man on Twitter. Nova Nation, happy Thursday. Happy opening round of the NCAA tournament. I hope you all have cable, internet access, and at least five different TVs. Enjoy the tourney. We'll be back at it on Tuesday.